Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. I want to show you a funny scripture. Uh, when I read this scripture for the first time, um, I thought this is weird. Uh, what Jesus is doing here is totally weird. And uh, usually I make the mistake of not reading the entire scripture or the entire passage. I just paused there and my mind was spinning, going to a million different directions. And uh, so in John chapter 20, verse 22, uh, let me just quickly read that to you. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And then he says the following. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. Have you ever had someone breathing on you? Uh, I, I can think of a couple of times when I was uh, standing in, uh, at an ATM in a long queue or maybe when you buy something at the shop. And then someone's standing behind you, but they're standing way too close to you. They're like in your personal space. Um, and then you hear them breathing. I mean like someone breathing on you, that's actually even worse. But I think the first step of, of, of um, sort of uh, awkwardness um, is when you hear someone breathing behind you, they're standing that close, especially if they've got like a slimy throat and they're like <gasps> standing right here behind you and you're wondering whether it is a human being or something worse that's behind you. And then worse than that is if you feel them in your neck. Now, you're probably cringing, and you can probably think of a moment where this happened to you also. And uh, so it's actually not cool when someone breathes on you, right? And I suppose that's one of the silver linings around the whole corona pandemic is that people can't breathe on you anymore because they have to wear masks. And if they come too close, you can just tell them, the president said two meters, social distancing, uh, please stand away. So, but in this verse... When Jesus breathed on his disciples, we have to ask the question, why did he do that? Now, just to show you that Jesus wasn't a creep, um, I'm going to show you just from Genesis where this actually comes from and why it actually made a lot of sense to his disciples when he did this action uh, with his disciples. And so for that, we can go back all the way to Genesis, to the beginning. Um, in Genesis 2 verse 7, there is a beautiful passage where God is creating, well, everything. But when it comes to creating mankind, when God created you and me, there is something special that happens. God does it in a different way. So God goes down, he takes the ground, the dust, and he breathes his life into us. Genesis 2 verse 7 says, Then the, God of them, the Lord God formed the man of dust, from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. You see, when God formed you, when he created you and me, he took us and he breathed his own spirit, his own, his own life, the breath of life, the breath of God, the life of God, he breathed into us. And there's this beautiful imagery that we find in the book of Genesis where we see God walking with Adam and Eve. They were in communion. It, it's this beautiful picture of walking with God. That's what, what Adam and Eve actually had in the garden. They had communion with God, and they, they were able to, to walk with God. Why? Because they had the same breath of life in them. They had the same spirit that they were carrying in them that allowed them to be able to walk with God. God gave his own spirit to us so that we can walk together. But we all know what happened is that we decided 
not only Adam and Eve, but you and I, we've also have made this decision in our lives. We've got the opportunity to walk with God, but we decided to rather walk on our own. And this is exactly what happened. Genesis 3, the fall of man. Mankind decided we rather walk on our own. We want independence. And because of sin coming into the world and, and because of our rebellion against God and wanting to walk on our own, it actually led us to a place of distance between God. There is distance between us and God. And you've felt this either in the past, if you are rec reconciled to God now, or maybe today you are feeling that distance where you realize that you're actually not walking with God. You feel far away from God. Now, that was the reason why Jesus came. The purpose for Jesus, fulfilling all the, of the prophecies and all of the, the requirements of the law, was so that we can once again walk with God, so that we can be hand in hand with God and our communion be restored with God. That's why Jesus came, to restore our walk with God. And at the end uh, of everything that Jesus did when he went to the cross and he was raised from the dead, he looked at his disciples. After he has finished, he, he accomplished his work. He took his disciples and he breathed on them. Just like the picture in Genesis 2 verse 7, when the creator breathed his life, his spirit into us, Jesus once again restores us. And then the whole verse reads as follows. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, that is the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. We receive the life of God. We receive the same Spirit so that we can once again walk hand in hand with our Creator through this life. The beautiful thing about the gospel or why it's good news is it's not only a ticket to heaven. You see, the walk with God is not something we only look forward to. The walk with God is something that starts now already. We already have got access to that. Now, if you read what Jesus taught in John 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit, you will see that the, 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 the purpose was that, you know, Jesus said something like uh, that, that myself and the Father will come and we will make a home with you. God wants to be with us. He wants to walk with us. And this is actually what we get in the Holy Spirit. Our walk with God has been restored because of the completed work and the finished work of Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection. So today, we're going to be speaking about walking with the Spirit. Um, in week one of this series of the Holy Spirit, we spoke about being born of the Spirit. And so it's this idea that, that we need to be born again. And that work of being born again is actually a work of the Spirit. You see, there is three main works of the Holy Spirit. The first one is rebirth. We get born of the Spirit. It's our justification. And that is a moment. And if you've put your faith in Jesus, it is a moment that has taken place and nothing can change the fact that you are now a child of God. Your justification, the Holy Spirit is present in that work. The second work of the, of the Holy Spirit is what we're going to be speaking about today. And that is our sanctification, our walk with God. Now, sanctification, um, in Afrikaans, there's this word, it's called heiligmaken. Now, I love that word because if you directly translate heiligmaken into English, it would be holy making, holy making. 
It is the work that as we walk with the Holy Spirit, He makes us holy. It is a process where the Holy Spirit makes us more and more like God. That is the second work of the Holy Spirit. And then the third work of the Holy Spirit is actually in the area of our vocation or the the calling, building the kingdom of God. For that, we need power from high. Um, And this is what we spoke about last week, being filled by the Spirit so that we can get the gifts of the Spirit and we can also get boldness so that we can go and build the kingdom of God. But for today, Galatians 5 verse 25 says the following, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so we are called to walk by the Spirit. And so let's talk about what that looks like. Now, the thing about walking with the Spirit is this. It is impossible to walk with a holy God. Just imagine that for a moment. You are walking with a holy God. Perfect love. Perfect kindness. Perfect grace. Perfect patience. It's impossible to walk with a God like that and stay the same. It is impossible not to change when you walk with a holy God like that. Now, that is the result of walking with the Spirit, is that you will change. You will not stay the same. If you truly walk with the Spirit, you won't stay the same. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 explains this work of the Holy Spirit. He explains what happens to us when we walk by the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 18, or 3 verse 18, sorry, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. And just notice this is present continuous tense. Something that happens now, it happens daily, and it keeps on happening. It will keep on happening until the day that you die. You are being transformed into what? Into the same image. The same image into His likeness. You are being changed to to become more and more like God Himself. From one degree of glory to another. This is beautiful. And then it says, For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so the work of the Spirit in this is that God comes and He transforms us. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, He will change you from one degree of glory to another. He will make you more and more like Him. He will rub off on you. Now, Billy Graham said this thing, and I think this is beautiful because it's so important to hear this today that we are not saying that you have to be perfect where you are, but we are saying we need to aspire to something like that. Billy Graham said, I am not what I ought to be, but at least I'm not what I was. I love that. So he's saying, I know I'm not where I want to be, but at least I'm no longer where I was. And so he's asking us this question, are you busy changing? Are you being transformed from one degree of glory to another? Is there, is there change in you? You see, there's another quote that reads as follows. Uh, I don't know who said this, but it, it goes, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay the way you are. You see, God loves you just the way you are, and he accepts you into his family. But because he loves you so much, he wants to make you into something more beautiful. He wants to make you more like him. And that is this process of of transforming us from one degree of glory to another. And so the question then begs again, are you busy changing? Are you kinder today than what you were five years ago? 
Are you just becoming more and more grumpy? Or are you becoming more and more patient because you are walking with the Spirit? Now, I've got a, a picture that I want to quickly share with you. And uh, this is a picture of my dad and his four brothers and their parents, uh, my grandparents. Now, my dad is actually the oldest of 15 children. So he's got four brothers and 10 sisters, but I suppose they just couldn't find enough space in the camera to put everyone in one photo. Um, so there's this one photo with him and his brothers there. Um, and my dad is the one in the middle with a green shirt sitting next to my granddad. Now, this picture shows you what I look like now. If you look at the one brother, my one uncle, the youngest one on the left, that's what I look like now, more or less. If you want to know what I'm going to look like 15 years from now, just look at the other brothers. Because then I would have been transformed and, and been changed from one degree of glory to another as I continue losing my hair. I'm not as glorious now because I still have some hair there at the top. But as I am being transformed, I'm going to start looking like my uncles. And if you want to know what I'm going to look like in 30 years, look at the guy in the green shirt. I know I'm going to look like that because I see him in the mirror. Especially when I get out of the shower and I can see that my hair is fleeting, um, then I see my dad in the mirror. This happens. And if you want to know what I'm going to look like in 50 years from now, look at the guy in the middle. I'm probably going to look something like that. Now, so this is this picture of we are being transformed in our lifetime. Now, there's two points I want to just take from this photo uh, to share with you. Now, the first one is very important. Even though I don't look like my dad or my granddad now, I am still part of this family. 100%. Even though I don't look exactly like I will look many years from now, it doesn't change the fact that I am a Jordan man. <laughs> I'm part of this family. If you were to, to check my DNA or test my DNA now, you will see that that is my grandfather and that is my father. Nothing will change that. It doesn't matter how I look. And so the same thing with your walk with God. You see, if you are born of the Spirit, you are born, you are reborn into the family of God. And it doesn't matter how holy you become or how much you fail. You know, it doesn't matter how, how many fruit of the Spirit you carry or just, you know, how much you struggle with overcoming certain sin. It doesn't matter. Nothing changes the fact that you are in Christ and therefore in the family of God. You are reborn into this family. Nothing will change that, whether you are transformed in a big way or not so much. Even on the first day when you get saved, you are 100% part of the family of God. But the second point is actually a contrast to this photo. The second point is that in as much as, you know, in order for me to become more and more like my granddad or like my dad, I just need to grow up. I just need to grow older. You know, just each year my hair is going to get less and less. I'm going to start looking more and more like them. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to grow older and look like them. But you see, the Christian walk, in terms of spiritual maturity, looks slightly different. You see, you can be an old man, but be spiritually immature. Or you can be a young lady and be spiritually very, very mature. Your spiritual maturity has got nothing to do with your age. Your spiritual maturity has got everything to do with your walk with God. Your walk with the Spirit. You see, even if you've only been saved for two years, but you walk with the Spirit um, in a devoted manner every day, you will have grown in your spiritual maturity. But even if you are 
have been a Christian for 50 years, but you never actually allow God to come and walk with you in your place of work, in your marriage, in your parenting, you might be spiritually immature in that area. Now, so the question I want to ask you, and this is a question for me and for you, for all of us, are you changing? Are you kinder than what you were two years ago? Or are you becoming more and more grumpy? Are you growing in terms of your patience, your love toward those around you? I dream that one day I will be the softest, kindest, most gracious man because I would have been walking with the Spirit and He would have been rubbing off on me so much. Now, just before I go to the last point, I just want to quickly tell you a story and um, I think this is important, just to help you to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, you know, we make it very difficult when it comes to the Holy Spirit, and we think it's this impossible task to, to hear the Holy Spirit wa walking with us or see Him to walk with us. And sometimes it's real simple. It's in the small things. Now, when my wife and I just got married, uh, we had these towels. They were two green towels, and they would hang in our room, and whenever I would go to the shower, you'd pick a towel and then go to the shower. Um, but what I would be very aware of is that in the mornings, I'd usually go for a shower first. I'd know my wife would maybe go shower after me, and then I'll feel the towels, because you know sometimes there, there's one towel that is a little bit more wet than the other, because maybe it was still wet from yesterday's shower, then I'll feel for the dry one and then I'll take the dry towel. That makes sense, right? Until the one day that the Holy Spirit convicted me and I believe it was Him. I was touching these two towels to try and figure out which one is the drier one and I just felt God asking me, well, what about Karin? Does she have to use the, the wet one now? Um, and I just realized like, man, that's not very Christ-like now, is it? You know, Christ-like would be to say, I'll take the wet one so that you can have the dry one. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit convicted me because I've invited him to walk with me in my house, in my marriage, in every area of my life. And it's in those small things that the Holy Spirit comes and transforms us and takes us from one degree of glory to another. Now, before I continue, let me just say this. Um, you don't have to buy us towels. At the moment, we both use dry towels because we've bought more towels. Um, and I think after I've used that illustration for the first time in church, I had a couple of people in church asking me whether they can buy me a set of new towels. But you don't have to do that, please. Um, it's not necessary. So the last one, the last point that we want to quickly speak about is to speak about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Galatians 5 speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, whenever I hear the fruit of the Spirit, I usually feel very guilty because I can't name all of them by heart, and I'm a pastor. I remember when I was young in Sunday school, I would feel so guilty because I can't list all of the fruit of the Spirit, and other people knew that song where they list all of the fruit of the Spirit. But let me just put your mind at ease. You don't have to know that song or all of the fruit of the Spirit because when Paul was writing this, it actually wasn't an exhaustive list. He was just giving examples. And you know, the whole point of fruit of the Spirit is that we don't focus on the fruit, but we focus on the Spirit. And it's saying, if you are full of the Spirit, if you are walking with the Spirit, there will be fruit. Like love, joy, of peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit is the result of something else. You don't focus on fruit, on good works in your life. When you want to become more and more like God, 
You just walk by the Spirit and it will start happening because He will transform you from one degree of glory to another. You see, fruit of the Spirit is a result of walking with the Spirit. A tree doesn't try to bear fruit. Fruit doesn't try and just come about. Uh, Jesus even says in Luke, Luke 6, A good tree does not bear bad fruit, for every tree is known by its fruit. And so if a tree is healthy, it will bear fruit. If you walk by the Spirit, there will be transformation in your life. You will change from one degree of glory to another, and there will be fruit in your life. Now, I said earlier, it's impossible to walk hand in hand with a holy God and not change and just stay the same. Now, I know where you are sitting and watching this, that you have got a desire to bear more fruit. I mean, there's no way that you would be listening to a sermon online if you did not have a desire to please God and to bear more fruit in your life. So I know this is your desire. So the question then is, how do I do it? Now, quite simply, Galatians 5 verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It doesn't say walk by the Spirit and don't gratify the desires of the flesh. It's not two things you have to do. It's one thing. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The answer is as simple as focus on communion with God. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and walk with you in every area of your life today. Now, if you are at that place where you feel that maybe there needs to be more transformation in your life, maybe there are certain areas where you would love for more growth to take place in your life, I want to ask you to just invite the Holy Spirit to come and walk with you in those areas of your life. I'm going to pray for us in a moment, and I want to invite you to just come and invite the Spirit and say, Spirit, I want to walk with you into my place of work. Spirit, I want to walk with you into my marriage, into my parenting. Spirit, I want you to walk with me into even my hobbies and the things I do because they're fun for me. Spirit, walk with me into those areas. But before I pray, let me just ask you this. Have you been born of the Spirit? You see, walking by the Spirit comes after we are born of the Spirit. My grandmother, that's also in the middle of that photo, um, this week, four days ago, she phoned me. And uh, she's asked me a few times what I do for a living, etc., etc. Sometimes she forgets a little bit, but she knows I'm a pastor Yet four days ago, she's on the phone, and she asks me this maybe every second or third time she phones me. She phones me almost every second week now. And she asks me this, Abel, so you've made a decision, right? You know, I might be a pastor, but she just wants to know, have you made a decision? Have you made a decision to follow Jesus? That's what she wants to know. And I want to ask you the same thing today. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you decided to, to say yes to the work of the Spirit to come and transform you, that you become a child of God. And if not, I want to invite you to take a step today. In the description below, there is a form called Starting Point. Won't you click on that form, fill it in, and indicate there that you want to start a new journey with God, and we would love to make contact with you and start on this journey with you. If you haven't decided to follow Jesus, make that decision today. 
Now, let me pray for us. If you need the Holy Spirit to come and walk with you in more areas of your life, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you've given us access. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are not difficult, that you don't play hide and seek with us, that you actually want to come and walk with us, God. It's not, it's not something difficult that we have to figure out, or the Spirit is not something that's only reserved for very special people. The reason for your work, Jesus, was so that all of us can have access to your Spirit. And Lord God, I just want to ask, together with all of my friends now, will you come and walk with us into every area of our lives? God, we want to open up all the rooms in our houses, God. We want to open up all the doors. Come and walk with us into every area of our lives. God, if there's anyone that needs to make a decision to follow you from today, I ask that you would give them the courage and the boldness to take that step and fill in that form. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.